Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by 13 Step Tone Solutions and More Bands Media. Jonathan Grissom with More Bands Media, my co-host. How you doing today, bud? I'm good, man. You look good. You look good. You fixed your hair up. I, I it's Friday. Cleaned, I, I took a shower. It's, uh, it's important. Hey, man. That's, it's, it's easy to forget when you're busy <laughs> like us, you know? Uh, we are open to sponsors out there. If you're a small business or whatever, you want to help us. Uh, if you're involved in the live music scene um, in any, any way, uh, give us a holler, man. Maybe we can work something out. If, you, uh, if you're just out there listening and want to donate, go over to localearshot.com slash donate. And uh, drop us a little bit. Tell us we suck. I don't care. But uh, if you drop us a little bit, I'll read it out, out loud. I don't particularly care what it is as long as there's money behind it all. I mean, if you... Tell me I suck, I'll say it out loud. Okay. You know, <laughs> whatever, man. I'm a musician. I've stood in judgment in front of a lot of people for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it starts rolling off you eventually. <laughs> Kevin Dawson and Andy Hale from Blueprint Tokyo are in with us today. How you guys doing, man? Good. Great. Awesome, man. Glad uh, to be here with you guys. Um well tell us take us back a little bit. Tell us where you guys are kind of from and how you guys came together for this project. Sure. Uh, I met Andy in 2000, right after, in the early 2000s. Uh, my first band, Eden Sleeve, we're a three-piece rocking band, and Andy and I met up. We started jamming. He joined the band, and we realized we were going to take everything in a different path. And then we started a winter circle, and we'd done that 15 or... What, what, whatever uh, the math works out. Yeah, <laughs> long, long time with that. <laughs> It's been a while. And, uh, you know, all these years, you, everybody knows you have a musician buddy. You know, you grow together. You learn to know each other. Yeah. And, uh, well, I ended up moving to Canada. And uh, lo and behold, I, I was being a, a stay-at-home dad with my kids. My wife was working and just living the good life, taking a break from music. And Andy started sending me files. And I was like, oh, shit, what is this? Yeah, that's yep. what starts it. Yep. There's always that guy. <laughs> yeah, it, and it was probably right around the, the COVID lockdown, whenever that started going on, that's, okay. that I started sending stuff to him. So and, like and late 19, early 20, or even maybe like mid-20, before the lockdowns really got in got in full swing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I started diving into this. Andy was sending me new stuff. It's, it was different than what we've done in the past. I could see his growth. He inspired me to grow. And uh, we just took this as a completely different uh, adventure than what Winter's Circle was. We knew this wasn't a Winter Circle thing. I did a lot of the writing in Winter Circle. But in Blueprint, here's Andy sending me finished songs. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was able to focus on the vocals uh, maybe a little bit more of the production part of it, cutting, slicing, moving things around, telling Andy, hey, I need this here, you know, give me a guitar here, and I, I might sing it, you know. Uh, he'd get it all put together, give me a lot of options, and uh, next thing you know, man, we were just, it was a life changer, really. 
it kind of pulled me out of the funk I was in. <laughs> and uh, here we are. We've got about 80 songs in our computer right now. Whoa. Yeah. Just a few couple years? Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, it, so is it just you two guys? Or do you have a ba- like when you how do you bring that to like a live situation? You just hire guys and we this is our songs and we go get it. We're fortunate we know a lot of musicians in Oklahoma City. Uh my wife's a musician, she sings and she has her bandmates and uh we've talked to several different people uh about getting the getting this music out on the stage. Um so that's gonna happen here in the near future. We're not sure the combination of people yet. It's a it's um and like I walked away from music for a long, long time, but just um, the dynamic of a of bringing a studio thing into a live situation is uh, it gets difficult pretty quickly. It, it, it does. We uh, in Winter Circle, our last we did a, a a full record, and it was you know we recorded it just ourselves, and then we also had to do that transition into into a live thing, and so we like putting together a band again and, and having everybody play, um, you know, getting the right people into that mix. That was, you know, that can be the, the death or the, the birth of something. So, you know, that's cool. So, so take me through maybe like, um, how your creative processes have, um, where they started, like, where did you guys start as musicians? Did what, what, what instrument like me, I was in sixth grade and they offered the band. So I'm like, well, what looks coolest amongst the band? Right. And that's not, really anything but the saxophone i thought was pretty sexy so i went with that and that lasted for a little while then the guitar i was like yeah i'm not clarence clemens and he's the only guy i can see up there that's playing a saxophone that's like getting the attention so i'll i'll go over here where keith richards is you know (laughs) yeah uh for me i was in second grade i played the piano on a talent show i didn't know what i was doing you know uh but it worked and it was one of those moments of yeah uh, my dad was a—he's a musician, plays guitar and sings and stuff. So he taught me the basics on the piano, and that's really where it just took off for me. And my dad said, "Do you want a drum set or a keyboard set or a keyboard?" You know, I picked a keyboard, which led me through to guitars and everything else. Uh, what about you, Andy? Yeah, for me it was the guitar. I got that in it's probably fifth or sixth, sixth grade. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, started taking lessons. Got a that was a Yamaha acoustic that badly cut my fingers every time I played and <laughs> sort of went from there. Hmm. So, uh, I guess, uh, well, well versed in, in, in theory and whatnot. Uh, if you took lessons, I did, I took, I didn't take lessons until I was like college age. And I really kind of, I, I really wish I would have practiced on the guitar from a music theory hmm. standpoint. Cause, uh, it is different applying it to six strings versus like a, like a single scale on a, on a trumpet sure. or a saxophone or whatever. But yeah, reading sheet music, I've, I lost that. Yeah, I, it's like, I, I don't think I ever had that. that oh, really? No, I, I definitely took lessons, but I, I uh, largely self-taught with everything. I mean, I, I took lessons. I got the, the basics down, the basic chords, and then, and then sort of went from there. And so just uh, figuring out stuff on my own and just doing my own stuff and and uh i took lessons later on when i was in like high school to sort of try to put a little bit more stuff behind what i'd been doing but it was it was still uh you know i'm still largely self-taught and uh i mean even even he's shown me quite a quite a few random things over the years so and i can i could uh second that really uh i never had it in high school 
of course, uh, wanted to play, um, let's say Metallica, the scales, you know, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was never me. I went to a music store for lessons and I showed up looking to learn to play these leads and stuff. And they didn't have a guy, they had a jazz guy. So I took lessons from this jazz guitar player for a couple months, and that really sent me on a whole different path that I expected. But ultimately, I decided I, I can't play these uh, Metallica songs, solos, you know, like I want. <laughs> I want to write my own songs. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it started in high school. I wasn't in the cool click for sure because uh, I wasn't playing what was on the radio. I was just like, I can't do that. I'm just going to write my own music. And, you know, here we are all these years later. I felt uh, like I, I always had a weird... So the teacher that I had in high school, he, uh, do you remember the band Squirrel Nut Zippers by any chance? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, bell, man. So he was, he, he, he was the guitar player for, for that band. Uh, and so he, he kind of unmashed all the stuff in my head, but even his style of playing and their style of playing, I think it's, it's, it's sort of a weird, sort of a weird rhythmic style. And so I think that's, that's where I, picked up a lot of my nice. stuff so. i didn't know that so yeah so uh, um when it comes to putting together blueprint tokyo first i'm interested where did the name come from i'm always interested in that sure oh yeah it's uh you know i grew up in the 80s i don't know how old you guys are but are my dogs whining no, no, okay. no they're Sorry. being cool here. No, he's just trying to lay down. <laughs> Take I was time. just watching to see where he's going. Uh, but yeah, just uh, growing up in the 80s, man, loved everything about that experience. You know, Miami Vice, all the good stuff. And I felt like Blueprint Tokyo just kind of captured some of that, the images that we would have, you know, with, with some of that stuff. Like every, the technology was coming out, computers, you know, uh, Lots of neon, lots of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. lots of yeah. bright, bright lights. Yeah. Cocaine. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s. You know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that kind of the where you, as far as when you when you feel an inspiration to pursue a song under mm-hmm. the title Blueprint Tokyo, does that, is that the visual you kind of have in mind when you write your songs too? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, with, with this dynamic, it, it usually comes from Andy. He's he's uh, putting the music in the computer, the ideas and the thoughts and the riffs, and I'm sorting through them, and I'm finding something that hits me, and then I'll I'll take it and I'll grow it, and then we start having this back and forth, and you know we we have some songs in there that have been in there for a year, you know we're just batting it back and forth until it feels good, but I'd say this go around working with Andy, it's a lot. We're not rushing or anything, you know. We're taking our time, and it's a lot better than back in the day when you're like, "Hurry, get in the studio, get this song yeah. done." Two nights, you got two days to get this done. Just you know, all of that's over. Thank God. Yeah, you know. Yeah, since being able to do that, that's you know, I have uh, I have a real red light phobia when it comes to to recording studios and things like that. And it's you know, you forget how to play. Pressure, baby. As soon as, soon as, yeah. as, soon as you know, it's like, what is what's a guitar? Um, I don't know what to do with my hands. Oh, oh, me and Andy have been through the ringer. One time I was working with this guy and uh, trying to sing this song, it was killer, I thought. And he goes, Did you write a song you can't sing? I'm like, What the hell? You know, so we're we're trying to figure this song out. Well, lo and behold, 
they had slowed the song down after we recorded it a few BPMs, which changed the key. Well, of course I can't oh. sing to it, you know, <laughs> in between keys. We figured that out later. But in that moment, just like every musician, you have that moment of, what am I doing? Who am I? Should I be here? <laughs> what is this? A guitar? <laughs> like Andy said. Uh, yeah, just being able to, uh, yeah, just being able to work through that is is uh, has been a real eye opener for me of being able to, you know, if you're not feeling it, step away, come back, you know, an hour later tomorrow, and just being able to go through that. As is that's another big topic we always bring up on the show with with guys that work extensively in studios especially is just the convenience with mm-hmm. the way things are now versus <clears throat> which you can still go to a professional studio and get a product sure. but, and the cost is still very high but yep. um if you can figure out what you're doing and and do it well at home man it's getting hard to tell the difference between mm-hmm. a basement studio and a professional sure. one these days yep. with the way people are able to edit shit absolutely i feel very fortunate to be in this time right now you know, like I said, we've got a lot of songs in the in the computer we're working on, and there's no rush. We're taking our time. We'll, we'll go back and hit a song I haven't listened to in six months, and I see it from a whole new light. You know, and new ideas. Yeah, and the and then the studio thing. I mean, it's it's great having a dedicated space, and you have thousands of dollars worth of you know outboard gear that's uh, we don't always have on stuff. Being able to run through that is 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 cool. But um, I mean, that's that seems to be the biggest thing with with a lot of studios. But you also get the you also do get the experience that a lot of studio owners or, or the you know production crew that, that they do have. Um, if you can get that out of them, uh, that's yeah. not, not always the case. But, you know, we've I think we've been lucky in, in that the studios we have worked with, they've been able to to work with us pretty well and sort of step into a producer ish role. Well, how do you approach it from a. Um as a as the business end, like um, like uh, for instance, we also got this whole thing going during COVID, during mm-hmm. the lockdowns, and um, there's been such a spike and bottom out, and another spike of just the live entertainment since then. And now everything's a festival, no matter what it is. If you're going, it's a festival. It's, it's three <laughs> days, and it's you know like ah, you know. Um, so it's it's interesting to just see how the kind of ebb and flow of the industry and the business at large kind of goes as far as being a band operating in it. Like what have you seen change from previous bands experience up to now that has been good, bad or otherwise? Well, I think for me, it's been, I mean, there's, there's always been competition, but a lot more competition, a lot more, um, you know, we were lucky in, uh, previous bands to have some licensing, do things like that with, um, you know, song placements and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's lots of, a lot more, uh, a lot more pushback on on that sort of stuff with with established bands, older bands, things like that. I mean, fewer spaces, despite the fact that we arguably have a lot more content out in the world today, uh, whether that's on streaming or or, or other you know TVs. The, the social media presence is something I've still yet to mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. fully grasp. I, I can uh, chime in there. When I went to Canada. Uh, I moved there and I just got off the internet completely for five years and it was very freeing. Uh, just focused on myself and my family. And when I came back, it's hard to get back involved, <laughs> with it. you know, Andy's encouraging me, but, uh, you know, I, I really liked my privacy and, uh, 
not getting involved with the he said, she said, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, I but, think that's my, my personality also is to try to not get involved in that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, the, the feedback we get from just about everybody is, is you know, you, you have to be on social media. You have to be constantly generating content and other things like that and just mm-hmm. little, you know. Even so, our songs are three minutes. You know, that's sometimes not sh- not uh, not short enough for the the content you yeah. have to produce. So yeah, it's it, and it, it has its purpose. I get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and maybe I'll evolve this next year. <laughs> you know, one of these days uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> well, let's uh let's put up one of y'all's tunes here, and uh, maybe we can dissect it a little bit further. Sure. Yeah. Which. Um, um, I don't know the title y'all sent, but I know I y'all a, sent a couple I have like over. five. Do so you have Panic Carefully in there? Panic Master iTunes. This is the one. Yeah, here we go. Okay. This is the one that kicked it all off for Andy and I. Okay. Uh, I, I was in Canada. Like I said, he sent me some music, and uh, I see this great, great music. Andy upped his game. I put it on me to up my game, and I wrote a personal story. This is about a. Well, I hate to give that away. Let's let's check it out. All right, we'll talk about it.
carefully. That man, I hear a lot of influence. I hear a lot of. I hear. A, I hear. I hear about three different decades in that song. Sure. sure. Nice. So uh, I guess I'll start with you uh, lyrically. Uh, the inspiration for that. Yes. Uh, I was recalling uh, my youth. Uh, my dad. He, he was in Vietnam, a Marine. Uh, I can't say he was a Marine. He is a Marine. Right. right. And uh, he was in Vietnam. It was a. He was young. It was, it was a rough time. And over the years, I've heard the stories, and you know that affects my life every life around him when he come back. And that's pretty much what this song's about is just, uh, kind of mentioning his story. Uh, kids go off to war, you know, some of them don't come back. I think I'd stop right there. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a full stop moment. <laughs> that's the truth too. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I, I respect everybody's decision and you know what they do for, for us, you know? Uh, but, uh, in my personal experience, it's it's been tough growing up with that cloud hanging over us, you know. Mm. Uh, but you know, I love you, Dad. If you're out there, <laughs> well, and it's it, it, you know, take a look at what's going on in Europe today, and who knows how far away we are from the next big one, you know. Sure. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. But uh, well, I have to ask you on the on the instrumental side because that's mm-hmm. some beautiful tones on the guitar. I don't know what kind of gear you use, but cool. Uh, cool. would you would you clue me in a little bit? Yeah, it was, uh, so the guitars were, it was a uh, Telecaster, just a basic American Telecaster there. Uh, and then on the amp, it was um, it was using a Soldano amp. I've, I've always been a fan of like real sort of high gain yeah. sort of things. Uh, you know, for me, it was always sort of a volume uh, thing of just being able to cut through the mix and, and get through, uh, you know, when he was playing a, a, a Marshall you know, half stack and, and we had drums and we had all sorts of other stuff going on. You know, it was always just a matter of trying to cut through that. And so, uh, it's using a, yeah, uh, uh, Soldano, uh, head on, on the, the guitar stuff. And then, uh, some, some random, uh, tremolo, uh, effects. Wow. So that seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, it sounded as a, as a heavy tone. I liked it. I liked that a lot. Very good. Well, let's do another one. What do we got up? <clears throat> Uh, oh. Well, you could. Ju- let's, well, I can tell you this with Blueprint Tokyo. Uh, every song's its own thing. We're we're not boxing ourselves in a corner. Whatever feels good. And uh, so, okay, when you go to do like an album, though, is there a theme, or is it just we're gonna mix it up? Uh, well, I I think when we did the 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 first EP that that Panic Carefully is on, it it has a it has a vibe to it. It has sort of some some atmospheric, but it has that sort of that heavier vibe going through it. Uh, this new EP that we're we're releasing uh, at the end of the month, at the end of uh, October, it has um, it's a little. I want to say it's not it's not heavy, but it's it has a little uh, lighter. It has it has some other instruments in it. So we have some sort of similar themes, I guess, when it comes to when it comes to that. But um, yeah, cool, cool. You got a name for the EP? It's going to drop. It's called Cinema Sounds. Cinema Sounds. What's this one? This song is called Say Anything. Say Anything. Blueprint Tokyo.
say anything. All right. All right. So I have to say, when I hear you talk, and then listen to that and know that that's the same person. I have to, I have to credit your, the, the vocals because man, I, I tend to try to reach higher when I sing. Like, uh, I think I, I, but it, it's harder to maintain it at a low register. It's super weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I get it all the time when I'm talking to people and they listen to the music and they say, that's not you. Like, no, it really is. <laughs> I'll sing them a few bars, but yeah. well, what was the inspiration for that one? That's a, I was a very, very, uh, I was getting a very eighties vibe, very cure, maybe even a ten of like a REM with a, with the drum, the, hmm. the percussion on it. So a lot of, inf- I hear a lot of different stuff in y'all's music, man. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's great. That's that. uh, definitely the sort of stuff that I, I listen to. I think that he listened to some of of, of as well. But uh, yeah, definitely the Cure is, is some of the stuff that I even learned how to play guitar too. Just sort of understanding how they put stuff together and layered, you know, their synths and guitars and and everything else on top of one another. Yeah, there's a, there's so much great tunes that came from that era, mm-hmm. and it's like you listen to it today. You know, it's all super crisp and digitally remastered and everything now. But even back, if you listen to the old vinyl of it, it's like, man, it's pretty incredible they were able to get it so clean and tight. Considering you're working on a tape deck, you know, like (laughs) yeah, that was our first, my first recording session. Yeah, same. Was a kid was on tape, and yeah, it's quite an experience. What about lyrically? Uh, What was the inspiration for that one? Yeah, so this song just came out in a quick minute. It all just came out. Uh, my son, seven, and he had his friends over, popcorn night, watching movies, and they're in there laughing. And Andy had this song on the computer. I went out there and listened to it. I walked back in and saw them watching a movie, and my entire childhood hit me. You know, watching scary movies with your friends <laughs> and laughing and uh, the getting each other freaked out. You know, Freddy Krueger, Jason, you know, scaring each other. That's That's what all this was. And in that moment, I went back to the studio. I didn't have any plans of what words were going to come out. You know, it's my favorite part. It's just what I call a brain dump. Hit record and see what comes out. And that song pretty much just came out like it is. Wow. Yeah, it, it came out real fast because it was something like a like a Thursday or Friday. And, I mean, I think it was maybe almost basically done by Saturday. Yeah. So. Wow. And that's always an amazing feeling, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, next one. Yeah, like, yeah, it's always, it's always good. It's just, it's, it seems like that happens a lot for y'all because when that happens to me, I'm bragging about it for years. <laughs> shit just don't happen. I was, you know, back, <laughs> back to uh, getting a, a thumb put on my head in a studio back in my twenties. You know, I try not to brag too much or you know talk it up. You know, I'm humbled, is what I'm saying. Uh, I just feel fortunate that me and Andy get to do this, and and here we are cranking out these tunes, and that mean a lot to us, you know. Hell yeah, yeah. I've always been been pretty uh, uh, focused when it comes to that. The, my one of my very first recording experiences was uh, was actually here at Norman, and it was uh, at a place doing it on tape. And you know, I, I kind of I learned real quick that you have to be 
real precise and and uh, you know if you want a, an edit when you have to start cutting tape and, oh yeah you know, pasting and stuff like that that's punching uh, in and all that that just turns into a, a mess for everybody and uh, gets everybody pissed off at you and so <laughs> mm-hmm. you want to move past that real fast so yeah don't uh, don't do that well uh yeah for sure that was uh i don't think tape was still a thing when i started recording but i did take a class in college because pro tools it was one of the earlier versions early versions that had come out it was making the waves so they split the class into digital and then analog yeah we we were in a sort of like an indie emo hardcore band that really wanted to do tape for some reason it was uh, we (laughs) it was it was it was a mistake but it was it was good it's there's, I mean, the, the the big names that can afford that shit still do it. You mm-hmm. know, Slash is is a big one that's known. Mm-hmm. He, he likes the warmth of the the analog recording, and I guess there is some something to that. I mean, his albums, especially his solo stuff, like there's there's a difference in that than there is mm-hmm. with the you know Miles Kennedy or yeah. Gun, Guns and Roses. Even it's, it's it's the studio itself becomes an instrument. Sure, you know? That's sure. what a guy told me when I was starting to record. It's like, you're great. He's like, you can rip licks all day long. He's like, I can't use a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that humbling. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a kid and you get in the studio and you think you've got it figured out, they remind you <laughs> that you've got some work to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what we've done. We've just continued to work despite the good things that's happened, the bad things that happened. We just continue to focus on on writing you know this is my therapy so where are you guys uh where are you based out of if someone are you guys looking to book or where are you guys at right now with everything well i just i just got back from canada i, I was up there for some, quite some time with my family and my wife's family and just living or yeah. were you seeking something yeah we were we're up there living spending time with her family with our kids and uh now we're back uh to be around my family with my kids and uh here we are uh yeah, everything's kicking off actually right now. We're we've in talks with several different musicians in town, uh, trying to put together our set, what that would look like. Um, we've got we've got some other things in the pipeline. Uh, Winter Circle, our twenty year reunion, may happen. We've got some songs we've never released with Winter Circle that we're we're looking at, at releasing and maybe playing a few shows. And um, I'm ready to get out and start doing some open mic nights. Just, you know, dive back into this. Like I said, it's been five years in Canada. No internet, just hanging out. <laughs> and uh, now I'm ready just to fully get back into it. Are we going to talk about psychedelics? Yes, that was a conversation earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> sure. I mean, you mentioned Canada, and I'm like, hey, uh, I know what's legal up there, you know. So uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Uh, what... Uh, what was some? What was one of the? Was it a a high anxiety moment, or was it a let's do this? And then you ended up having your life flash before your eyes, and you didn't expect it. Okay, well, to speak on this, I can only speak on my own experience. You know, and uh, I was at a time where I had my son, my my mom died, and then my son was born. I had a job change, career change. I had, I had so many wow. things happen. Everything. In like a three or four year period that just, you know, left me in shambles, really. So uh, in Canada, I was talking, reading about, you know, mushrooms are illegal there and what, what they can do for people uh, with depression or whatever, you know. Uh, so here we go. I gave it a go. I had some and uh, 
was it was interesting, and I said, okay, this kind of brought a little spark back into me. So okay, well, let me back up just a second. Was was your first? Was it just like a entry level kind of? It was no heroic dose. You, you got it. It okay, was okay, an entry okay. level. You know, uh, for the first time in my life, this little knot in my stomach that I've always had of nervousness vanished. That's a very familiar. And I said, sword. "What is this? What yeah. what has happened? I've never felt so calm in my life. I, I had." Bleeding ulcers when I was a kid in sixth grade, third, fourth, fifth grade. Really nervous kid, but I said, "Okay, there's something to this," and uh, I kind of looked at it from a spiritual point of, "Okay, I want to deep dive." What you call a heroic dose? Right, right. I'm not going to talk about what that was. Uh, again, I don't want to encourage or anybody mess anybody else up. Absolutely, you know what I mean. But yeah. I took a deep dive. I approached it spiritually. And I asked a lot of questions before I, I, I took the mushrooms and uh, spent the entire 24 hours by myself. And I came out of that a whole new person. So what I can say, uh, I was just, you know, <laughs> I went to the center of the universe, was yeah. being held by a hand. And uh, I was like, wow, this is this is what it's like, you know, to to be at peace. Um I'm actually happy for you just saying that. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I was in a dark place for sure, and uh, that's where a lot of these songs that are still on our computer we're working on. <laughs> that darkness is still in there, and we're we're working through all that. But you know, heal me or kill me. <laughs> yeah, I had a very similar experience, um, both with with mushrooms and and uh, DMT, and that that's a whole different thing too but like when you talk about being pulled to the center of the universe that's uh as a as a like me i uh i'm an atheist i don't believe in a personified god but as right. far as spiritual moments i i can't reconcile that one um I that's think- one that i i i just kind of have to a- accept that that happened and i have no earthly explanation for it whatsoever 100 percent how i feel about it you know um I, uh, I I left that going the next, I mean, I don't feel like I need to take any right now. You know, right, like right, I, right. I had such a, a healing within myself. And when I say it brought out spirituality in me, it, I can't explain it. Like there, there is something, there's something yeah. that's happened, uh, inside my brain. And I had a lot of, a lot of, uh, visions and conversations. Uh, some voice was telling me, um, everything's okay. And this is what happens. It was like, what, I was like, well, what happens to my mom when she died? You know, all these questions we all have. And it was like I was being shown yeah. that here we are in this. Because as I was this glowing ball being held in a hand, I looked around and all I saw was more. It was almost like math, the distance between each yes. glowing ball. Yes. And this ball I saw represented everybody in the, in the world. And here we are in this safe little pod you know like a beautiful matrix not the the scary matrix like a beautiful situation like that uh so that was my experience and uh it really changed my life for the better and i'm looking forward to you know we need need to get on this and have some research and get it sorted out so we, we can help people out there yeah and and to the contrary even flip the script to know that when people might be 
on the verge of a psychotic break that they shouldn't be out there fucking with these. Absolutely things. Absolutely not. Maybe. No, that's, that's but, why I want to speak carefully. Like yes. I said, you know, it's not for everybody. I know what I experienced, you know, uh, but do your own research. Yeah. I would say, and have questions and talk to people that's done this. You know, there's people that will guide you through these scenarios and, uh, yeah. It's exactly how ayahuasca works. I mean, they, uh, they have like shaman that actually do it and they guide you and they tell you, ask questions, you know, of the Mm -hmm. universe and then you'll get those answers. And I have family members that have done that and they run multi-million dollar companies and they say that they're not afraid no more of the world. Oh, yeah, they were. That's it right there. They not afraid. The moment that they did it, they, it, just, it, they weren't afraid no more. Something breaks, man. Yeah, I'm something, you. something came out of me that, like you said, I wasn't afraid anymore. I felt more free to express myself and, and be honest with my feelings when I'm talking to people. So that definitely happened. Do you feel like it, um, like, because I tell people a lot that there's, there's, there's Brad pre DMT and then there's Brad after DMT. Cause that was a, it was just one of those things. It's like I was on a path and now it just about face. Now I'm on another one. And it took about 15 minutes. It's the craziest shit. Well, I can't explain it. Yep. So it's just, <laughs> right. I'm just glad I got to do it, I guess. Cause it, it definitely, uh, it definitely has different parts of whatever in there connected that, kind of rewire because um, yeah I, I like to think of it as my brain was defragged like a computer yes that's, <laughs> you know? a, that's an excellent way because, of putting it because i i was like man there, there's something inside of me that uh, I'm, I'm stuck in this cycle of sadness and depression or yeah, everybody needs a tune-up sometimes <laughs> it's like i need out of this and, well uh, i don't bam. have any psychedelics <laughs> but uh I, I do got some killer ass indica i'll let you guys uh have uh i think i gave you one for the road didn't i yep. oh, cool yep. man well maybe i'll throw you another y'all want to play another song <laughs> Let's do one more and then we'll dissect that one too.
name of that one a whole new life a whole new life that was a good tune that was a that was a very uh had some positive vibes in it that one really took us in new directions uh my wife's a singer and uh i got her out in the studio with me and it was something we were singing together you can hear her singing on our first ep too uh but the whole whole new life is basically our, our mantra you know we're we're going to have a whole new life from this mo- moment moving forward uh, in time. That's what we were talking about when we wrote that. And uh, basically, the line that sticks out to me is, stoke that fire where your dreams are alive. You know, why do anything else? You know, but focus on your dreams and stoke that fire. Get that going, you know. So that's pretty much the message. And with the whole feel of that song, I, 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 it, it took us into some new directions and uh you can we'll have another song here in a bit you'll see the evolution of that song and where where it took us but again yeah we're we're kind of like running down several different veins of styles and stuff with our music and just having fun with that yeah not not trying to stay yeah trying to not trying to do anything too specific not trying to always focus on chunky guitars we love those but uh you know being able to play with synths and other sounds and have these kind of that wall of sound and reverby type stuff is 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 uh, really fun for us. And trying to com- cr- uh, create a mood when you hear it. What, yeah. How do you start feeling inside when you hear this tune happening? You know. Yeah, I had a guy, a uh, guitar player, tell me a long time. He was like, you know, painters have canvas, you know, musicians have silence. He's like, you can <laughs> you can bury it or call. you can use it to your advantage. There's a push pull involved with yeah. the silence and the noise. So. Yep. Uh, you open it up, make it sound brighter, and it sounds happier. Yeah. You can bury it and make it sound whatever moody or I, I say purple tones, blue tones, whatever. Yeah, yeah. For for me, it was just it. It sounded it sounded happy and it sounded uh, something we don't typically do that. We, we haven't typically done that, so it was just a it was a completely different vibe, and and I I think we we enjoyed it. So sweet man. Well, we got a couple more. Yeah, we got two more. Well, well we got two more total, or the one more, and then we'll close on the other. Which one um, is it? I got two more songs on here, and then there's the other one. Okay, so okay, three. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, I love to talk about so. this one too. Yeah, it's titled LaRusso.
was good, man. Thanks a lot, man. Really so, proud of that song. I hate to have you repeat the the formulation of that song again, like we just didn't talk about it during the song, but uh, how did that song formulate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right out of the gate. I, I Right out of the gate. I just thought of Karate Kid. You know, it's a kid. That's a movie I still watch once a month with my wife or my kids. And it's basically the Daniel is from Reseda. You know, and he's in love with Allie. She's upper class. And he's trying to, to struggle to, to, to make this happen. He's got dreams, you know. Uh, why can't it be me up on me and you up on that hill together, you know? So this song, uh, when I first heard the riffs, I don't know what it was Andy put in it. It just made me think of Karate Kid right out of the gate. And bam, those lyrics happened the moment I, I started singing. One of the things he had told me at some point was, was you know in the in the song as you're doing stuff to 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 tell the story and to to go through the stuff and so you know while I wasn't thinking about that initially whenever I was doing the you know kind of writing the music I, I was trying to tell the story and kind of go through the ebbs and flows of how somebody would go through life basically the ups and downs and yeah you know all of that sort of stuff yeah so it, it's a uh, it's about reaching for your dreams and pushing towards it you know ultimately. Well, if anybody out there has any end of the Cobra Kai series, we ought to send that song over there, man. That's Please. Sure, sure, fucking yeah. Come on. Like sure. it. And it fits the theme of that show, too, man. It's a very yeah, absolutely. 80s feeling kind of mm-hmm. Netflix thing. Is it on Netflix or YouTube? What is it? Uh, it started on YouTube, and now it's, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, it's on Netflix. You got that Netflix money? Man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. if we could get oh. that on Netflix... Yeah. Uh, Someone right out there, out shit, yeah. Start hashtagging. Well, or, we're gonna tag the shit out of it now. There's yeah. no doubt. Karate hashtag at Karate Kid at Cobra Kai. It, right on. Is Daniel Larusso an Instagram personality? <laughs> Let's get it on there. Right. <laughs> well, we got one more. Let's do it. Let's see it. Yeah. Let's hear it. What is it? Uh, well, you said you play saxophone. I'm <laughs> uh, not anymore. No. Well, uh, this one we've got about five songs that have sax in it. Oh, nice. This is the first one we've we've released. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Sailor Girl. Yeah. Can't see 
the name of that one? Sailor Girl? Sailor Girl. Sailor Girl. Take us through that. Take us back and uh, where, how'd that one uh, percolate in the mind there? I think musically that one came, uh, we, we had a basic riff and it felt a little empty. Um, so you know, called up a, a friend of mine that's, uh, that lives in, in uh, Sydney in uh, Australia. And so he connected me to, to some other people. And so lo and behold, we got uh, – got a guy that's in excess to to play some sax on that oh wow and uh and then that really filled out the filled out the the, the song and the the music part of it and then you know i think he filled in the the rest of the gaps there yeah originally we were talking about guitar solos and mm-hmm. what was missing and i was like man i need some sax I need some, <laughs> we, we gotta get some sax in here man it just feels so good and mm-hmm. uh i was listening to one on the way over here i'm wrapping up right now it's it's like the I can't wait for you guys to hear this one. It's, it's, it also has sax in it, but with each one of these songs, you know, of course we're growing and evolving, but, uh, I think we're getting the sax thing figured out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We kind of, kind of pushed against it for a while, but then, I mean, finally just, you know, it makes sense in the context of the song and I think it sounds good. And Well, that's, that's something that seems like no matter what, whether it's a, a, a more bright sounding or a darker sounding tune, there's, you guys always have a, very strong percussive beat in the back mm-hmm. so sure. a lot of different arenas i think this type of music could really kind of be applied to because it's got a lot of different elements in it sure. so um i really appreciate you guys coming in man thank you guys so much for coming and absolutely, uh, coming absolutely. Out here and visiting us um is there anything in closing uh i know you have a new ep it's due out october 28th cinema sounds um are you are you guys do you have upcoming dates yet or are you just kind of still filling that out we don't have any upcoming dates yet, but uh, you know we're starting to to look at that and happy to happy to book stuff in the, in the near future. Yeah, we've had a few offers already for shows, but uh, I want to wait till we're ready and get our get our team put together. You know. Yeah. Uh, there was one other song I wanted to mention before we jump yes, off here. Yes, let's mention that. We'll this song that. is called "Pretend It's January" and it's out there on all the platforms. And I wrote this um, for. The proceeds to this song will go to the, the National Suicide Hotline. Because uh, when you're in a dark place, you just need someone to call and talk to. You know, get yourself out of that dark spot. I really believe that. So if, if you guys out there would give that song a listen and know that uh, we've given that to the world. We, we want uh, it to make a difference. And, you know, whatever plays, whatever happens with that, you know, it's for... Uh, the National Suicide Hotline. What was the name of the song again? Pretend It's January. Pretend It's January. All proceeds go to the National Suicide Hotline. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you guys want to give? Shout-outs in closing. Anything? Wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, hey, I love Oklahoma. So glad to be home. This is my home. Yep. Yep, same. Uh, grew, grew up here. Uh, been, in the, been in the scene for a while and like to see it uh, continue to, to grow and evolve. Yeah, looking forward to getting out and seeing all my musician buddies, other bands in town, uh, watch some live music and, you know, be a part of that world again. Awesome, man. Well, thank you guys. Um, Andy or Andy Hale, Kevin Dawson. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for coming in. And um, I don't really have much in closing to give the people other than, uh, you know, RIP Coolio, you know. Uh, yeah, that happened yesterday. Uh, RP Coolio and uh, everybody be safe out there inside Florida because we know it's flooding out oh, there. Oh, yeah. So. Yep, yep. Take care of yourselves out there. Well, um, Jonathan, if the people uh, can help us out, let them know how they can do that. 
Okay, the uh, local earshot podcast, we are a value for value podcast. What that means is that you kind of listen to the show and if you get value out of it or if you got anything that you want to, um, you know, take from the show, then you just kind of put that in a number and then send it right back to us and that uh, that includes our treasure. And then our other two T's are time and talent. So if, if you uh, listen to the show, then you can go over to listen to the Fountain app. That that app actually uh, gives us a little bit of crypto per listen. Uh, so that, that gives us a little bit of money, um, and that's one way to do it. Other ways is that you can uh, support us is just uh, giving us content or, or um, letting us know about artists that we need to know about or anything like that. Um, and then if you're an artist or you work inside the music industry and you want to be on the show, you can hit me up at john at com, or you can hit Brad on our Instagram page. That's the local earshot. And we can get you scheduled for interview. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. All right, guys, be good to one another. Love your sisters and your brothers. We'll see y'all next time.